So the title that I'm giving to this teaching is something you'll all recognize, Wandering Thoughts. And when we're sitting, this happens when we're wandering around also, but when we're sitting, because we're sitting so still and we're being quiet and we have very little distraction, at least we keep that to a minimum, we notice that thoughts come and go, thoughts come and go, and they tend to pull us this way and pull us that way. <clears throat> and they, you could say, we wander around. It's like having a, it's like going for a walk with somebody you don't care for. You're wandering around. Now we're going to think about this. Now we're going to think about that. And we're going to judge somebody. Now we're going to judge ourselves. And then we're going to feel bad about judging ourselves. And then, so it's just uh, on and on and on about that. So my, um, quite often the talks I give about this same situation, only with diff just different words, is please just observe. Sit down, hold still, and watch the wandering thoughts. Don't interrupt them with any kind of a technique, unless you have a different teacher and they have said, do this, do that, then do what they tell you to do. But if you're listening to me, I say, the only thing you're, you need to really do is to hold still and observe. So you're holding still or you're holding still. And if you just observe, if you could just <clears throat> do that for long periods of time, it is not uh, a maintenance so much as it is an attitude, an attitude of just including. So if, if, if you're in a building and people come in the doors and walk in front of you and so on, it's just a matter of just have an attitude of just including all that. This is a, a one time um, when the practice is about being completely generous, give everything your attention, everything that comes in. And so in this way, over time, the very thing that is your basic uh, difficulty, and we could talk about that if you have questions, uh, will start to show up, and that is not comfortable. And on the other hand, depending on how your causes and conditions are arising in your particular mind stream, your karma, um, you may have a little less trouble in one way, in a certain way than other people do, could manifest differently. <clears throat> but the important thing is the attitude towards uh, wandering thoughts is do nothing with it. Don't follow it, but if you do, don't do anything with that. Don't don't ignore it or shut down, but if you do, then don't do anything with it. Don't, no extra, no double negativity. The first negativity is negative enough. So if something is happening and you have, and you meet that with some kind of negativity, that's enough. Don't come back and say, well, I really shouldn't be being negative. Then we get all kinds of you know, uh, plywood thoughts, laminated. You can't actually see what the original situation was. If you see what the original situation is, you won't know what it is because the way we get our, the way we get our, our understanding of any situation is through naming it. You'll notice that the simplest situation that arises, either sitting or up and interacting with others, we tend to name that, what that is, give some kind of a description through the name or some kind of category, post-it note, whatever. <clears throat> so I would like uh, of a small group here today, and I would like very much to interact with people around this. It's a simple thing, and I can kind of go on and on, but it would be really good to kind of, you could say, customize this, this uh, talk by responding to questions. I really like questions, and if you could keep in mind the idea of wandering thoughts and, and how that's happening uh, with you, and if you have questions about that, then I'd be happy to respond. Yes. Um, you must have been listening into my mental activity this morning while I was sitting for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, because the thoughts just 
were just leapfrogging over each other. And I, okay. I, I still think that, that that's not good enough or that there's something else to be done. Yes. But I, you're, you're saying nothing. There's nothing to do. I don't have. So let me ask you uh, this about that. So you say your thoughts were leapfrogging. Do you know what the thoughts were about? Don't tell me, but do you know what they're about? Okay, so if you if you if you just watch the motion using the leapfrog, just watch the motion of the thought, the way they tumble, and and don't necessarily go into the what the thought is about. That create that's a sinkhole. <clears throat> it's a it's a time and space sinkhole. It brings you right back into some kind of relative dynamic. That it creates a, a a more materialistic idea about we need to do something. Push it. You need to take it away. You need to justify it. You need to explain it. But if you can just be there and just watch it using your image, just watch it jump. Just watch the thoughts jump. That's the uh, that is a way of changing. You could say your allegiance from the content of the thought, being a good thought, bad thought, no matter what it is, over to just the space in which the thoughts occur. And then you then you actually can see the wandering quality without really knowing what you're thinking about. You don't have to know what you're thinking about. It seems I have some kind of expectation that if I do this long enough, the thoughts will go away and there will be a difference. Is that the case? That's the case that people think that. I certainly thought that. And at some point, we're different with everyone. At some point, if you do enough of it, at some point, you have some kind of a, probably will have some kind of a breakthrough that wouldn't have actually be an event so much as some kind of understanding about it where you're just notice that not much is happening when you're sitting some people if they go far enough without having a teacher to talk to them will actually stop meditating because it feels so useless it feels like not dealing with anything anymore. nothing much is showing up or things show up they don't know what they are and that's when it's uh, important to continue just, just keep going but okay. any other questions um, the basic difficulty, I'm wondering um, how that's going to show up more. Yeah, how would my basic difficulty show up um, in contrast to wandering thoughts? Um, <clears throat> it's hard, uh, there's not something I can really describe or say, but that's something that would be your, I can't see down into your karma particularly, somewhat, see that somewhat, but it's not something that would not be helpful for me necessarily to start to point out and be a kind of psychoanalyst or psychotherapist and get into some kind of interaction about the content. What we're endeavoring to do is increase or heighten or prioritize the awareness. This is why it's called uh, Buddha, uh, excuse me, a Buddha Dharma. Buddha means awakened. Dharma means truth. It's awakened truth. You actually wake up to it. And what you wake up to is a dependent origination. You actually have you're a different person, different karma, but you actually see what the Buddha was pointing at 2,500 years ago. You actually see that, and you realize it so completely that you realize that you're not separate from any person, whether they realize this or not. And you're not you're not separate from the Buddha, or the traditional person who lived so long ago who understood something and started talk, telling people about or teaching. So your particular uh, Dharma gate, to use that kind of a word, it would be your be your experience of going down and seeing what that is. And that may have a story content. May may be able to describe that. 
but usually in that area less is better. Better to just sink down into it. It can be painful. Sometimes uh, interaction with a teacher and particularly with Sangha will bring that up, especially Sangha who have the same teacher that you do. Everyone. So your interaction with other people is, can be very helpful in, you know, in organizing an event or getting together and practicing together. More. Um, how does senior um, basic difficulty change your relationship with your wandering thoughts? <clears throat> good, good one. By the, if you get to the point where you see what the uh, primary situation is, then the wandering thoughts are, they just come. You don't mind if they come, you don't mind if they go. There's more of them, there's less. The stories are kind of beside the point. And it's just that basic, you could say, not. You can see it, you can see there's some kind of a difficulty there. And it's a matter of holding still and watching it. To some people, it actually feels like a knot. To some, it you know, might have a story around it. A little bit different with each person. What I'm getting from just looking at you right now, sit a lot, a lot of wear it out. Sit, look at it, look at it, look at it until you see it. Because what you're going to see is everything that's in front of it, what the ego throws up to try to keep you from seeing that. So it seems to be necessary to just be insistent. Sit down, look at the wall, and there's that wall again. There's those feet, there's the, there are these knees, these hands, this posture. Just observe, just observe. Just just a persistent, consistent, uh, just an attitude of, of not necessary to get, it is not necessary to get anything out of it. It's not a relative practice, it's an ultimate practice where you actually transcend the consciousness that is <clears throat> that is attached to thought patterns and ideas and the values and good and bad and right and wrong and a, a man and a woman and a, a dog and a cat and a tree and the sun and the solar system politics that that all of the velcro in there just starts to release and it's not something you can do it's something you are you actually are that but you've been shoved down into this thing to learn something simply is seeing our basic difficulty in the beginning of the uh, revolution at the basis of Yes, it is. And, and, and a person could see that in little chunks, and, uh, or they could see it, and it could happen, oh, some big thing could happen. And then what happens to that basic, or that basic difficulty? <clears throat> um, it helps you, well, it, it could depend. It could, it could dissolve. Uh, it could also uh, you just see that it's uh, untrue. So it could hang around. Causes and conditions could show up in such a way that it would just keep going. It would, if it were, you're functioning as a teacher, then uh, you may want to use that to keep the uh, hold down a spiritual pride, feeling like you're somebody who's accomplished something, who has something to tell people. Have your little ugly friend there next to you. To, by the way, you're not as great as you think you are. That's like, who was it that went uh, to Padmasambhava, who left India to go to the Tibetans to teach? Anybody remember that story? He goes there and <clears throat> he took along his, uh, I think he called it his T-boy, took him with him because uh, his T-boy was really angry and really irritating all the time. He took him along to keep him uh, <laughs> in line. So he had somebody that was, gave him a lot of trouble. So that is representative of your own situation. <clears throat> So it wouldn't be something you're trying to get rid of. It would be something that you have a deep understanding. So, go ahead. So you, what was the title of your talk? Wandering Thoughts. Wandering Thoughts. So if they're 
sitting and a thought comes up, wandering around, and it's, it's seeing, you say, don't add, don't subtract, don't look away, but it keeps, it's got yes. some stickiness. Is, is there a technique or a way to facilitate release? Not interested in release. Only interested in awareness. If you if you're stuck to it from now to you know, the rest of your life, it doesn't matter. That's getting away from something or getting to something else is not. That's that's materialism. To albeit very refined materialism, it can be extremely refined. So what about wandering thoughts? Just just let them wander. <clears throat> follow them or don't follow them. Just observe. Just observe. You may find yourself going down something, thinking about some situation with a person who's dealing with another person, something about this uh, uh, transaction that, that happened, you may, not a problem. You may, you may spend half an hour daydreaming about your kitchen sink and how the, the uh, what do they call it, garbage disposal doesn't work, and you're trying to figure out what to do about that, and you're going through your mind about different things. Only about awareness. It's not about stopping that thought process. Isn't that amazing? It's not about stopping or starting or doing anything when you don't have nothing to correct. It's only about awakening. It's not something you do, it's something you are. You just have to realize that's what you are, not do something else. If you do something else, then you're gonna have to do something else. If you do that, then you're gonna do something else. It'll wear out. You're, you're as, uh, <clears throat> as uh, I can't remember the story, it's not coming back to me now, but uh, occasionally I, I meet people who have a realization, but it's a, uh, it's insight. It's, uh, it's, uh, Japanese tradition is called Kensho, or insight into your true nature. And uh, if they go so far as to ask me about it, which sometimes they don't, they just want to tell me, and I listen. But I don't respond unless I'm asked or offered. If they were to ask, I might say, that's going to fade, because nothing lasts. If it's an experience, it's going away. So realization is not an experience. Experiential, somewhat, there's some quality of experience, but... It's not about being somebody else. It's about being this and about seeing that it's always been true since you were five years old, three years old, no years old. And it's available to everyone and it's rarely talked about. Um, wandering thoughts, okay. Uh, very frequently when we're having an interview, at, well, at least once every time you say, there because my mind wanders. Mm-hmm. Now, if, um, and this seems to be kind of, that's what I do. If I were aware of the mm-hmm. second of wandering, then would I be wandering at all? Maybe. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. It's only about the awareness of it. So the only reason I'm saying that with you is to, is it looks to me like you're not aware of it. Let's say, where'd you go? I've been saying that to you for quite a number of years. Ten years. Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be possible to be aware of not being aware or yes. slipping out of awareness? Yes, it is. But we don't do anything about it. We don't get a demerit. We don't get a credential. Demerits, credentials, extra. It's about someone who's doing something or not doing something. There isn't anyone. And it's the same thing. There isn't anyone. Um, there's something, but you have to realize it because there's no way it can be. There is something. In the, in the uh, Yogacara tradition in the third turning uh, teaching, it's called um, uh, Buddha nature, that you actually awaken to that. Is it necessary or even possible to always know, in the case, where you go? Where isn't so important as that you go. 
that's what's just just notice that you it's like just slip something changes very quickly something changes very quickly just be aware of that and using Fleta as an example not everyone does that other people's slipping is more gradual she actually drops and comes and, and I think sometimes you see it probably and sometimes you don't or uh, sometimes uh, you say the observer is the observed. I do. So experientially, is there a recognizable distinction between thinking and observing thinking? Thinking is a conceptual mechanism. The sixth consciousness in the yoga chart tradition has the sixth consciousness. Then the seventh is the one that is paranoid. Thinks something needs protecting, something needs advancing, something needs justifying. Had it, 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 you could say it actually dips into or takes over the sixth, sixth uh, uh, consciousness, which is just thoughts about this or coffee. We need to sand the table. Uh, that means vacuuming. Very simple kind of relative. And then the sixth or the seventh is the one that thinks that something's wrong or something needs to be corrected or looked out for. So it's about being aware of all that, not doing anything with it. Using the metaphor or the construct of the observer and the observed, yes. does that fit with the eight consciousnesses? Is sure does. One, the sixth, and one, the seventh. When you it? when you see that the observer is the is the observed to continue to use relative, uh, the, the 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 base consciousness, which is always feeding everything, the the awareness is suddenly there's no barriers anymore. Smelling is is the eighth. The eighth is not separate from seeing. So there's no, there's no, there's no walls of the mind, as it says in the heart center. The walls of the mind are, if they're there, they're transparent. There's no solid. There's no solid being anywhere. And when you see that, then there's not much to do. But it's not a, it's not a conclusion you come to because it is in this physical form. Then there's still a process happening where you, where you don't grasp. Probably the only thing you really do is give. You give in, lose. Yes. Someone from Union City has a question. Good. He asks, sometimes it seems like thoughts wander into solutions of problems, poems, plots for novels, <coughs> or a painting. What's the problem? No problem. You talked about Buddha nature. Uh, what's in, is there a um, way of contrasting description between Buddha nature and the Hindu version of God? God, that the version of Brahma is actually positing some kind of separate power, whereas uh, Buddha, Buddha nature is not somebody. The Buddha is just a guy who understood something. Therefore, he is the Buddha. In a relative situation, he's the Buddha. Just like in a relative situation, this is the teacher. These are the students. <clears throat> very, very simple. We, we just respect that. The natural hierarchy of anything. I, you know, I, I would, I couldn't go in and. The natural hierarchy, I couldn't go in and be a psychologist or be a therapist or a brain surgeon. Couldn't even be a gardener. I couldn't, I could probably be a janitor if I was younger. But I, so the natural hierarchy is from intending to look at this and understand this, then I find myself in this situation. But I didn't really create this. Like, I'm going to be a Dharma teacher. I'm kind of amazed by the whole thing, if there is such a thing. <clears throat> so those eight consciousnesses are structures for helping us take our thinking mind and to go this way or that way. Okay, this is sense of smell, got it. Sense of taste, sense of touch, sense of hearing, got it. You know, sense of thinking. Okay, I can see that there's a thinking process happening. And then we can kind of recognize that area of the 
thought that worries about stuff, that thinks something isn't right, something needs fixing, or something needs protecting, or someone just doesn't understand how I feel, some kind of identity that is somehow threatened by other people's ideas. The way I joke about it is saying, we're always thinking about what somebody else is thinking about what we're thinking. It sounds silly, but it's really quite true. We, we look at somebody, we talk to them, and we'll even say, well, I don't want you to think that I'm thinking that you're somehow thinking incorrectly about what I'm thinking. What? So that's why it's really good. It's really good to be meditate, 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 and then go to law school. Don't medical school. Huh? Or medical school. Or medical school. That would be another one. So some people are really have that ability to, to think in that very linear, logical kind of way. The upside is, yes, they can be attorneys or doctors or whatever. The downside, that also that kind of thinking process, if it's exercised and stretched and strengthens, then that, that's a really a strong uh, time and space sink for the ego mind. The ego mind actually attaches to that and the identity. I am a doctor. I'm a philosopher. I'm a, uh, I'm a Rhodes scholar. I'm a very easy to, you know, I'm a poet. It's very easy to, the worst thing that can ever happen to a poet is to think they're a poet. You know that. You know, and the worst thing that ever can happen to an artist, a really creative person, is to is to get attached to their identity identity because it just it stops them from functioning uh, in harmony with the universe. So being any kind of a creative person, which I'm going to be in New York talking about this a little bit, is to get your fat ass out of the way. And how do you do that? You have to first look and see that you are kind of a lump of something that is stopping flowers from growing. You know, it's that kind of, it's that simple, difficult. That doesn't mean that if you do that, that you're going to be able to compose music like uh, Shostakovich, let alone Mussorgsky. <laughs> what other names can I drop here? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that they're great. Sometimes the karma is so definite there that someone doesn't have any time to do what we're doing, training our mind, because they're so wrapped up and tied up in their the path of the artist or the musician or the poet or the painter. They don't, they don't have time for this kind of thing because they were, they had the, the, the bad luck of being given a gift. So the gift is magnetizes them and that that's their life path right up until their death. Whereas you and this person are very lucky to have stumbled onto such an incredible path, the path of the Buddha. So not comparing it to any other path, but it's a pretty astonishing one because it promises nothing, produces nothing, teaches nothing, is nothing. Therefore, it's not separate from anything. If you realize it, your personal life is over with. That doesn't mean you don't live. doesn't mean you don't have, uh, what kind of cake did you make? Red doesn't mean you get, don't get a really large piece of red velvet cake. <laughs> we're, we're not talking about, what's that kind of thing where you go in a cave and never come out? Yeah, that's what Mel Repa did. You know, he went in there, went to a cave, went away from everything, he just ran his mouth for the rest of the time, produced the 10,000 songs. So it's like he went away and started talking about everything. I love Mel Repa. Not a criticism of Mel Repa. Yes. Um, how does seeing what the original situation is and not knowing what that is different than a thought? Uh, how is it what? How is it different than a thought? Uh, because the thought is uh, crystallizes that into some kind of meaning, uh, kind of kind of a, like a, it's like a, it's like a meme. You know, heard the word of a meme. You know, it's like that. Only it's very personal. It's your own personal little solid situation that you 
you use as a reference point. Whereas if, if you're just open and kind of, you know, to use the fancy word, befuddled by what's happening, not so bad. It's, we're actually training ourselves to open up and allow the world to, to show up as it is, not as we what, think it is. We, we think this is three-dimensional. Look closely. More good question. If you can, go ask more about that situation. That's a good one. Um, I'm Nairaksu Nero, um, I'm like this guy, and... I'm glad you remember that. Do you read that when you put it on? I look at it pretty closely. Good. Okay. I'm just wondering how um, my mind isn't like this guy, or in what way do I not know that? Well, when you're all wrapped up in the clouds, this cloud, that cloud, this is a really good cloud. Look how puffy that one is. Look, there's a cloud with square corners. That's odd. Mm-hmm. Where cloud? Let me look and find that on my phone. So I'm being silly, but I'm just saying that we we get very into our understanding of life and who we are, who your husband is, and what your business is, and who you are as a woman, and who uh, everything. All those little stories are clouds, and, and we're not trying to get rid of those. We're just saying those need space to arise, and who you actually are is more like the sky instead of a cloud. The sky does nothing. The sky just receives, accommodates, includes. The sky doesn't sit back and say, wait a minute, no jet trails here. That's artificial. Can't have that. But even the jet trail does not last. You know what I mean by jet trail streams? Where a jet is passed through the sky, leaves a big trail. But nothing can make a mark in the sky. The sky isn't isn't actually something. It's spacious. So it's just to, just, just to remind you of that. Mind like the sky. The feeling that ego may have around that is losing or not knowing. A willingness to just not know what's happening and, and stay there so that this, the clouds that need to come up relative to your world, a bigger, broader view of your whole world, what's happening down there, what's happening here, what's happening with your family, what's happening with your culture, your community, your sangha. So mind like the sky so that you can completely accommodate and be with what is happening. Uh, the, the way you will feel when that starts to happen is helpless. You'll feel more and more helpless. The seventh consciousness will start to get paranoid and say, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! This is not this is not working." But I am not going there. I'm not going this. Guy, I got to stop doing this. I must be meditating wrong. That kind of thing could happen. I'm not saying it will. It certainly did with me. So yes. Is the helplessness a feeling like you can't do much about it? Um, a little bit, but it's uh, the part that I'm endeavoring to point out. It's like stepping out of the helplessness into some kind of strategy for. Uh, for you know, I can't be. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be feeling this way. So we start to have a little philosophical discussion with ourselves, and then you can, if you get strong enough, you can either you you can either you may break off with your sangha, your teacher, your your whatever. You may change jobs. You may could any kind of thing could happen. You may start uh, going to a. Some people who are meditators also go to therapists. I'm not against that. Because it's about awareness. It's not about, I'm such a great teacher, you don't need a therapist. Awareness, but be aware, especially if you begin to take any kind of chemicals, uh, including coffee, which I drink a lot of. Mm-hmm. I do. Is there more? <laughs> Who said that? Pooh Bear said, is there more? Yeah. About something. Honey. Who's visiting? Somebody. Pooh Bear was visiting somebody. Yeah. Rabbit. Isn't there a rabbit in Pooh? Yeah. yeah. And Rabbit said, you want some more? He said, is there more? Is there more? <laughs> <laughs> rabbit was kind of boggled. 
So more about that? Okay. Um, my axis is only don't know mine. Yes. And when um, you think of mine like the sky, is it possible to know the uh, know the sky? The sky is a metaphor for to help you open up, to help you be okay with the feeling of openness, spaciousness, or not knowing, having things coming and going. Yes, is that mine? Uh, so, thank you for stepping around. I think it, I think it happens. There, there, the, what I'm trying to encourage there for you personally is a, a willingness to not jump to any conclusions about something. Only don't know, only don't know, only don't know, and the things will come up, and ego mind, a self-centered mind, will come up and tempt you with, well, you can do this, you can do that. Well, how about this? Try this, try that. And I would say, only don't know, just to, just not know. You can hold out longer. Uh, fancy word for that is what? Yes. Thank you. Good one. And that's how you deal with your anger that way, which is your basic situation. Is, you know, that. It's not about getting rid of anger. It's about so much air, so much air that uh, the, the fire can't stand it. The fuel burns up. When your mind is like the sky, do you, is there knowing that accompanies it? It's, it's a kind of knowing that is, just doesn't mind anything. And when it does mind something, that's also like the sky. That's why it's so difficult when we say non-dual or not two. We're saying that once this whatever this non-occurrence occurs, uh, then any kind of polarity is just collapses into the collapse into collapses into its opposite without disappearing. When your mind's like the sky, how are the wandering thoughts functioning? They're prancing. Some are galloping, and then there's some are just at a canter. So you don't mind. They go this way, they go that way. You watch them. And you, sometimes you even begin to look and you begin to get into the story about it. But there's no glue there. So there, therefore, you, you uh, I don't know whatever other word to say other than you, you just kind of enjoy it. Like, I, I don't write poetry, but I really love words. I play with words a lot. So I'm not really a poet. I really like words. Do you like words? I get something coming. <laughs> I, sure, I sure dog a lot, so. Um, on Monday nights, we're studying Meditation on Emptiness by Je Jeffrey Hopkins. And the chapter we got into um, this past Monday evening, the first line, as I recall, says, first, clear your mind. So it's like giving us steps about, so what yeah. is it to clear one's mind? So I don't teach that. I'm not in an argument with the whole lineage of Tibetan Buddhism. But that's a particular way of teaching people, and basically it's, it goes back centuries of teaching 15-year-olds or 10-year-olds or monks who came in. So that's a particular way, and they're still doing it today. There's several different steps to that that you're studying. And I want everyone to study that because I want you to know about that, about that way of teaching. Again, not wrong. It's just that uh, it depends on who you're teaching. There are some people that I, I might say that to. But, haven't seen one yet. But first, clear your mind. Yes. What, what would a clear mind look like, or what? What is a clear it mind? Would, it would. Uh, it would. You would think that it was clear. You can't clear something that is not there. So this is where, and I'm not saying there isn't an understanding. If you that's, uh, if you read uh, Kempo Siltrum Johnson's Progressive Stages of Meditation on Emptiness, he uh, that's a different school. That's the Nyingma uh, Kagyu school rather than the Gelugpa. But he approaches that a little bit differently. 
but still, there's still an ongoing process. And the Tibetans are instructed. Zen tradition is a little bit different, as is uh, uh, Mahasandhi or Dzogchenpa. Dzogchen, great perfection. It's, it's like it's already, there's nothing to do. It's already, it's already the case that uh, it's working with people who are ready to just see this rather than someone who needs to go through progressive stages. There are people who say you have to go through, you have to study this first before you, you can't do this without this, without that. And that's, that's just silly. <laughs> On the other hand, some people need to go through a progressive stages of gradual, some, some people's life, karma, they need that kind of structure. So I'm not removing that, say everybody should do what I say. We've got what, seven people here. I'm not talking to hundreds, thousands of people like Dalai Lama is. Or Jeffrey Hopkins. Yes. So the thoughts that are wandering thoughts, are those like the images that come in the eye, the perceptions of the ear, they're just, those thoughts are just perceptions. Is that yeah. I understand? Yeah. And so the seventh consciousness then twists those? Misuses you could those? say if, if that's that image is it takes it and and uh, pushes on it aggression uh, pulls on it passion or it shuts it off doesn't want it wants to close it out because it's somehow threatening or irritating it's very very subtle and we, it seems that we need to see that on a very small scale very small scale so that we can more clearly see that when it happens in a larger like like some big incident in your life or something that's challenging. So so um, a question that if yep. you often talk about sharpening the blade, yes. sharpening the mind, training the mind, is part of that being able to see the difference between <coughs> wandering thoughts, ordinary thoughts that are sense. It's about and then that clamping down that happens in the seventh. Just watch the clamping down. Don't stop it. Just don't do anything. Just, just, just observe. Just you're just witnessing that. It's just phenomena. If you think it's to be stopped, then it, then it, then it strengthens the one who wants things to be different. It's, it's uh, first, uh, second noble truth of the Buddha: wanting things to be different than they are, or grasping, or desire, or craving, or lust. Wanting something else. Uh, it's not that you you don't sit and, and want something else. That's not the point. It's that you're aware that you're, you're separating yourself. You see that kind of a pull. And eventually that pull, without being uh, agreed with or energized or, or some kind of secondary tertiary thoughts that are coming in and say, yeah, you should, you need to, you need to act. You need to get, even your friends will step in and say, you know, you need to get out of that relationship. It's like that. Your, your own mind might be saying that. And then your friends will say it because they don't want to train their mind. They want to, they want to, Help you with your mind. People are thinking about what you're thinking about, what they're thinking about, what you're thinking, and it's just, it happens all the time. Yes, that shows you the nature of thoughts. It's just incredibly powerful. More. Yes. So training the mind then, not so much about getting in the weeds about saying, okay, this is one thought, this is another thought, but but just say more about what you mean exactly by training the mind in the sense of wandering thoughts and training the mind so that you can. You get better and better and better at just seeing what's happening. It's like training the mind. 
see what's moving, what's coming, what's going, what's coming, what's going, until you see that you are what you're observing. You're just not, seeing, not doing anything with it, just seeing. Just seeing. You don't have to correct anything. There's anything to correct. All of the 250 precepts were meant as a provisional teaching to get people on board of the Buddha's teaching so that they had something to work with, all those teenagers. Now we have 10 precepts, and probably the most important of the 10 precepts is be with all things, which is the third of the pure precepts. Just, just be with everything. And then the ego mind will come and say, well, you can't do that. You're going to be with people who are starting wars and stuff. When I say be with, I didn't say agree with. I'm saying validate or justify. Well, I'm just being with all things. If you say I'm just being with all things, you're a big liar. Not you personally, but one of the people who didn't come. <laughs> so then what is realization? Not separate. You see that you're not separate. Everywhere you look, you see yourself. I hesitate to say that because it's not something you can like try to do. It's something that just starts to show up. You just start to see. You start to see what this is. Are you leaving? Will you come here so I can hug you? I know. Just a minute. Tell Jerry I said hello. Okay. Do you want some cake? You want some cake? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, me. Me too. Yeah. Me too. You're leaving too? I have to go to the birthday party. Oh, birthday party. Okay. You see it? And don't, don't forget to get some cake. I think I yeah, you should. I mean, it's red cake. If everybody leaves, then we can go have cake. I think that's it. You can go, but you can't have cake. <laughs> so you'll stay. It is really good cake. <laughs> So is the leftover frosting. <laughs> so is the leftover frosting. This would be a great talk on YouTube about red cake, the red keep. Any further questions? Yes. Um, uh, you talked about um, a sinkhole. And I think it was maybe referring to negativity when you add negativity on. Yes. I don't remember exactly what you're referring to, but what came up for me was um, my thoughts feel like they have a strong pull, my wandering thoughts. Yeah. Almost like the sinkhole has a gravitational pull. Yes. Pulls me right in. Oh, um, so I'm wondering, is it necessary to uh, is it necessary to um, have to give space to the sinkhole in order to observe it on the cushion? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just stay. If, that, if something gets kind of difficult or threatening or anything, just return to the body. Return to the the position of the body. Feel. Even if you need to, just change your position slightly so you can remind yourself that the consciousness is happening in in relationship to a physical form with the sixth sense fields. But just kind of a little reminder that that's happening. Uh, don't do anything else. Just let it, and it, nothing lasts. So anything you look at or anything you see as something is changing into something else all the time. Everything is constantly changing into something else. So what is it that doesn't change? Maybe. I don't know if it's a real question or not. <laughs> yeah. I guess my question is, um, I find myself resisting that pull. Um, That's awareness. That's awareness. So just whatever's happening, awareness. Whatever's pulling, awareness. Whatever's going this way or that way, awareness. Just, just awareness. Just change your allegiance from what, from that energy that's pushing or pulling or going this way and that way. And to trying to stop it or trying to justify it or trying to shut it down or trying to do that. Just back up a quarter of an inch and just be the space in which things occur. 
be that space. And when that happens, then the real the actual that is not the realization. That's that's part of the path. The realization is seeing that what is happening and who you are are not two different things. And that's devastating to ego because it did. he she they want to be somebody, even if it's a loser. If you actually see that you're not separate, it's just an astonishing situation. It's very simple and ordinary. The Tibetans call it Tamogishipa, which means ordinary mind. It's just this. Nothing special. My um, difficulty is, is that stepping back a quarter of an inch, it's like a magnet being really close to another magnet. One of this is, and, um, it just... It, That's awareness. And it just doesn't last at all. It's like I can improve, and then it's like then suddenly I'm just falling into the hole again. That's awareness. Not a problem. Fall into the hole, get out of the hole, fall back in. That's what the path looks like. You have a bunch of holes and pit, pitfalls and logs to climb over and trees. And now it's raining and there's all kinds of mud. It's just a path and you you know, you don't feel very good, very good about it because you're on the side of a mountain. And you really need to just keep going until you break over the top, just to use that metaphor of the realization as you go up the mountain and you see. You know, like like uh, Coben, Coben said, uh, <clears throat> so, Trunko said uh, um, the Vajrayana or Tantra is like going up a mountain with no handrails. No, I mean, you're just going up without any help, any guidance, any without anything. Dangerous. And uh, Coben said, was asked about that. Trunko said this, what, what is, what is, how does Zen work with that? He said, Zen, you start at the top of the mountain and go up. So, kind of like, what? But it's just, you know, they're playing with metaphors. It's kind of a spiritual one-upmanship there. Actually, nothing even leaves the bottom of them. It's just a metaphor. So when you say training the mind, you get better at seeing what is moving. Is training the mind, what happens? Does training the mind change um, the pull of the sinkhole? Would change it, it might lessen, and you would watch that, and then you might add on to that, say, well, it must be lessening, so I must be doing something correctly. But then if it started to get stronger, then unless you're just being aware of it, unless it's just awareness and not anything extra, like an interpretation, no elaboration. Elaborations are circular. So, and no elaboration is just bare attention. Uh, actually, uh, that's it. So any kind of elaboration about it is like going here and then going there and then going here and then going there. It's like a Mobius strip. feels like you're getting somewhere, but actually you're not. You're just going la, 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 la. So, no music. What were you know, losing our audience? Or... <laughs> <laughs> You're competing with cake, sir. Yeah. So, should, any final questions? Or should we? Mm -hmm.